Acts chapter 2 verse 42. We thank God for We thank God for the tangibility of His presence. That's what we want. Every time we come to the house of God, we want to have and just have the tangibility of His presence. Next week is the Easter's. And I, I, I encourage you not to miss. Be part of what God is doing. Be part of what God is doing. And since next week is the Easter's today, I'm just going to lay a foundation of um, the doctrine of salvation. It's doctrine of salvation. I'm going to talk to you about the doctrine of salvation. Um, it's, it's very good and very important for us to keep on recapturing and capturing where, where we stand as a people of God. We should not forget where we come from. We should not forget to appreciate our salvation. The doctrine of salvation. The doctrine of salvation. The atonement. Yes. Acts 2 42. The Bible says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. So they continued first in doctrine. Number two, in fellowship. Number three, in breaking of bread. And then number four, in prayers. Now, this is the establishment of every child of God must know these dimensions. If you've been washed in the blood, you've been saved, you've surrendered your life to Jesus. There must be a continuation in your life of the doctrine of the apostles. There are so many doctrines of the apostles. That on that today, I'm going to zero in on the doctrine of salvation. And they continued also in fellowship. In other ways, they, 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 they learned that they strengthened coming together. With other saints. Then they also continued in breaking of bread, Holy Communion. Demonstrating, yes. The demonstrating of that the, the, the Son of God came, died, and rose again for our salvation. 
And the other other thing they didn't forget is prayer. They continued in prayer. Today I'm going to talk to you about the doctrine of salvation. I'm going to break it down. It's very, very important because sometimes people can be going to church and going to church and not understanding the doctrine of salvation. Okay, the word salvation is the word's Greek word sozo, S-O-Z-O. Yes, nalo. Sozo. Yes. yes. It means deliverance. It means freedom. It means healing, protection, prosperity. It means anything that is good that comes to a person. It's an all-inclusive word that encompasses our redemption. It also includes the thought of safety preservation, soundness, restoration, healing, all dimensions of healing. In the context of salvation, salvation starts at the place where our souls are saved. Alright, the doctrine of salvation has to do with our atonement. It has to do with the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. Alright, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension and his exhortation at the right hand side of the Father. His glorification, even his intercessory ministry, he lives, he lives forever to make intercession for the saints. The whole plan of salvation has its origin in the counsel of God, in the eternal counsel of God. The book of John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but should have everlasting life. Amen. Now, you have to catch all these concepts because you need to explain what you're believing in. Because some of us are saying, yes, and sincere, and sincere, but you don't really have the concept of the whole thing. The doctrine of salvation has to do with the work of Christ. His person deals with who he is while his work deals with what he has done for us. His person is very important 
Because without understanding that, then there is no way you can be saved. His divinity, his, 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 his eternal being as the son of God. Because as much as he was human, he was divine. John 1 and verse 1. In, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The same was in the beginning. In him was life. And that life was the light of man. And then it says, and the word became flesh. Dwelt among us, verse 14. And as men as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. So you have to you just understand the whole process, the whole context of your salvation so you can explain it to somebody. So we are talking about the divine son of God that incarnated and came and dwelt among us. You know, he reduced himself and went into a, a womb of a woman, the whole eternity. Amen. The one that had, oh, he, the one that was holding her, but he was inside of her. So that he can have access to the realm of the earth. And save us. So he has to, be, he has to become one of us. So he can save us. You have to understand that. What, what it really necessitated our salvation? The atonement was necessitated by the fact that God is holy. His divine law was broken by Adam and his wife Eve. Thus, we as human race became sinners. Alright, we became what? Sinners. You don't teach people to sin. They are just born in human nature. It's a human nature. You don't teach your little child to steal sugar. He just finds it and takes it. And when you take, he takes it, you ask him, where is the sugar? He says, I... Says, where is the sugar? Did you take the sugar? No one teach them or taught them to lie. It's just in the human nature. There was a transference of, your, of demonic nature when a man sinned in the Garden of Eden. The serpent had a strong bite on Eve and on Adam. Messed up their nature. 
all right, makes up, messed up that likeliness of God because they were made in the image of God. Man was made in the image of God. I go to Genesis 128. Chapter 3 of Genesis 7 says, Did God say, put some doubts in them? And when they accepted the, the doctrine of the enemy, they became independent from God's nature and decided to have their own knowledge. Ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Became rebellious and committed high treason, surrendered the whole system that was in, on earth that was in their hands to Satan. Gave it the whole thing to Satan. That's why he's called the God of this world. In the beginning, actually, Adam was the God of this world. Earth was the colon of heaven. Alright? Adam was representative of God on this planet. He had his image, he had his likeness. Are you listening? Says to them, he blessed them. But at this point in chapter 3 of Genesis, they decided to disconnect. And then sin entered. And their nature, that godly nature was defiled. That's necessitated now our salvation. There must be a bridge, a bridge back to God. The Bible says God cast them out of Eden and put cherubims to guard the tree of life. So that the man and his wife does not go back and eat of the tree of life. Of the tree of life. Because if they ate, they would have lived forever in that state of sinfulness. Can you imagine the way you're going to be you, where, you, where there is no death? You get sick, you get tired, you get what, but you don't die. But God, in His mercy and His grace, chased them out of the garden so they don't touch that. I don't eat of that. Because if they did, they were going to go beyond redemption. Then they were supposed to be destroyed forever. And God in his mercy took the skin of their animal. That's why you will see blood being shed. 
And then he covered their nakedness. All right. You see the, the first aspect of the fact that there's no redemption without blood. Leviticus says the life of the flesh is in the blood. So from that moment when that blood was shed of an animal and God covered them, it was a symbol and a picture of that which was to come. That won't just cover their nakedness, but will remove their sin. So the sinfulness of man necessitated that there be redemption. Sevanamos, why should there be atonement? Because God is holy. So he's, he's fundamentally holy. He's morally holy. Then two, because of his divine laws, which creates divine boundaries. So for him to allow us to come in back to him, it necessitated a way back. Then there's another aspect also, the wrath of God. John 3, 36. John 3, verse 36. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who has, does not have the Son shall, see, shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So it's the holiness of God, it's the wrath of God, it's the sinfulness of man, it's the laws of God that necessitated that someone comes and redeems. He has wrath. So there must be a way of appeasing that wrath, of, that, of stopping that wrath. Are you listening? This, this, that, this necessitates that Christ comes. So he can stand between God's wrath and man's sinfulness. What is the nature of our atonement? The nature of our atonement. Yes. The Hebrew word for atonement is the word kapa. K-A-P-A-A. It means to cover. To conceal. Or to condone. It is translated to appease, to make atonement, to cleanse, or to disallow, or to forgive. 
or to be merciful or to pacify to reconcile to purge that's the nature of the atonement the other powerful powerful thing of the atonement is that it also means to bring about agreement to make two people that were against each other to become one again to sort out a controversy or an enmity between two parties. So the power of when we talk about the Easter's, when we celebrate the Easter's, we are talking about God coming again to agree with men. To reconcile. God paging the scene. Taking away sin. So that he can talk. He can reconcile with men. Now remember, it's not that God was not talking to men before that. He was. Through the blood of bulls and animals. But this is now God taking this thing to another level. He was not changing their nature at that time. He was just covering their sin through the blood of animals. Are you listening? This necessitates that Christ then comes. Amen? When he comes, our salvation, where we read, for God so loved the world. Now, now Now it is the salvation that you have is based on his love. For God so loved the world. When you just get scared of hell and get saved, it's not good. You just you you give yourself to God because you are afraid of hell. Usually, the right way is to give yourself to God because you have realized He loves you. It's almost like a man that pushes a woman to love him with a gun. So you stay in that house, he's married to you, but you are. Even when we come to church, you can't worship because you are. And most likely, you're not even saved. You are just fearing to go to hell. So the best is for God so loved the world. Loved the world. The child's hands are living. The child, one of the children of love is mercy, is grace. 
He loved then he gave. Who did he give? He gave his only begotten son. That whosoever shall believe in him. Connecting factor. Believe in him. Through faith are you saved. By grace, through faith are you saved. Not, not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. It's, it's, it's not of our works. We just connect by faith. We believe in the Son and what He did for us on Calvary. That transaction makes us children of God. That power, that transaction does this. It moves you from death. To life. From eternal death or damnation to eternal life. From the curse of the law to the freedom that is in Christ Jesus. From the wrath of God to the peace of God from death to life. So that power of the transaction, you understand his love to you. Alright, you understand that he loves you. Then you believe in the work that was done on Calvary. By faith, a transaction is made. The outcome of that that you are translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. You see, you see the, the power of our salvation. You are translated. From the kingdom of darkness. Each person that is born on this earth is born in, the, in darkness. Alright? We are born in sin. For all have sinned. Have sinned. Romans 3, 23. And have come short of the glory of God. Hmm? The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So you are translated. Not just are you translated. The, the, uh, 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 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says you also become a new creature. The, the 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 If any man be in Christ he is a new creature. New creature. So he translates you from the kingdom of darkness and then makes you a new creature. Makes you a new creature. That word creature there is the word species, meaning, meaning something that has never been there before. So 
So which which means everything from the other side is completely cancelled. That's why in baptism you die. You, you can't go to the graveyard and begin to talk about the sins of a man that is lying in the grave. So in baptism we die. And then we rise again with him in newness of life. Which means the person that went down in the waters is and one person. The one that comes out is another person. That's why now the Bible says you must now walk in newness of life. The things I used to do, I do them no more. Here comes the transformation. Then he also imparts what is called righteousness. Then he say, it says, verse 21 of 2 Corinthians 5, it says, he has made him, Christ, Christ, to be seen. He was made seen. Sure. So that you and I may become the righteousness of God in him. The book, the book of Romans says we have received the gift of righteousness. It says he, he takes you from the kingdom of darkness, puts a new nature in you, then declares you righteous. This is the doctrine of your salvation. I'll, put it, I'll say it again. He takes you out of the kingdom of darkness. Put you in the kingdom of his son, Jesus. Then imparts in you a new nature. If any man be Christ, the new creature. Then after that, he stands and says, righteous. He declares you righteous. That from that moment onwards, you must believe what he has declared. Now, the problem, the reason why people live the way they live, they don't believe the last, the, the, the dimension that it says righteous. You are now righteous. If you believe that you're righteous, you will produce the fruits of righteousness. Oh yes, you will. Because when you believe and see yourself as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, then you will produce the fruit of righteousness. Patience, joy, peace, love, grace. You begin to produce that wherever you are, wherever you're going. It, now it must be seen that this one is now saved. Because now you are bringing forth the fruits of righteousness. If you used to tuka, 
at work wherever if you say now ngiye mtsanza Jesu then all that must go there must be fruit of righteousness then all those habits if you are one that could not relate with others impatient with others or whatever crazy that must go it must be seen that this one has encountered Christ. There must be the fruit of righteousness. You can't now live the same way you used to live. Neither can you live by your feelings anymore. You, li- you must now live by the nature that God has put in you, righteousness. And you must be righteous conscious. You must be righteous, conscious. You must be conscious of your righteousness. Wherever you are, you must be conscious of your white garments. Right? Not, not sin consciousness, but righteousness consciousness. It becomes an automatic nature in you. Because you have believed that you are the righteousness of God in him. What is even amazing is not just that. He has also lifted you up and sat with you at the right hand side of the Father. We, we died with him. We rose with him. And we ascended with him. That's what the Bible says. And we are seated with him in heavenly places. Far, far above powers and principalities. Dominions. That takes, talks, talks to you about your status on this planet. You are seated in heavenly places far above principalities and powers and dominions. This is all the work of salvation which means you are now in the place of authority that you were never was before. Now you are seated in a place of authority. You know, you, you know this, this makes the whole difference between Deke and Deke Christian and, and the real strong Christian that says, I know who I am. Yes, you, 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 you must mature in these dimensions of your salvation. You must grow. You must catch this revelation. You, you are no longer. You are no longer that. You are no longer that. You are a new creature. If any man being Christ, the new creature. All things pass away. All things become new. And of him have we received the gift of righteousness. And we have been translated, according to Colossians, translated 2.15, translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. 
You are in another kingdom. Simply meaning you must now adopt the kingdom principles and laws and protocols of a new kingdom where you belong. Your nature has changed. You may look the same outside. Must you look the same, but inside is a new nature. And then righteousness has been in, implanted in you. You have received the gift of righteousness. It's a gift. The Bible says Abraham, Abraham believed God and it was imputed for him for righteousness. So the belief, the faith is the transaction that makes all these things become new. Now from the, from the eyes, Abraham looked like he had problems. But from the eyes of God, righteousness was imparted in him. But Abraham did not even have a new nature like you. Because he was in the olden days. And then the one that blows my mind is that now you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All this was done when he came, died, rose again. So where are you seated? In heavenly places. Our citizenship is not of this world, isn't it? Now, you will destroy yourself by having a small mind. By adopting the mindset of the, the people around you. You are depriving ourselves by behaving like you are on this you are of this world. The power of your salvation, the price that was paid on Calvary was too much to leave you the same. He died. This, this, this is what happened. When he, when, when he carried, when he, he, he went to Calvary, he carried everything about us. Carried our sins. I even carried you together with your sins. Died and went down into the kingdom of darkness. To rule at everything. And the third day he rose again from the power of death. To show you that he had power over death, he rose again. And he ascended. He says to this woman that already touched him, he says, don't touch me, I've not yet ascended to my father. She, yes, you were supposed to take that blood of the eternal covenant, of the new covenant, and in the heavenly tabernacle and sprinkle it. 
ngobaphela bekufanele enyukele kubabe ethwelele ngati yezivumelwano lesisha aye thabaneke linda sezulwini ayoyifafata leyo ngati to declare and finish the whole protocols kumemetela nekuphelelisela yonke imithetho netimiso are you listening church and the fact that he rose again that means the sacrifice was received lokwekuthi nje wavuka ekufeni kuchaza ukuthi loyo mhlatjelo wemukelwa you are now a child of god you are not in the kingdom of darkness no you got a, a new nature begin to live like a new person you are begin to live righteously don't live like no you must always be righteous conscious. That's a gift that God has given you when Jesus died for you. Then he has set you far above. Principalities and powers and dominions. Do you believe that? We are called Then when you see a demon, a, a demon coming what do you do Now ubona nje lidimoni likunyenyela wenda njani You run You run What do you do wenda njani Because he says he raised you up and caused you to sit on heaven in heavenly places far above powers and principalities and dominions and wicked spirits. Hmm? What does that imply? Kingship. Because. Say kingship. Because. Yeah, a peculiar people, you are a breed, a, 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 a new generation. He has redeemed us and he has called us to be kings and priests to his Father. Yes, and he has made us kings and priests. Revelation 1, verse 5. And kings. Priests meaning we can pray. Kings meaning we can rule. We rule by decrees and declarations. If something is going wrong, we rule by decrees. You get up in the morning like you're crazy and begin to declare things. And reverse and nullify things. If, so, if something happens to someone, if a king comes, if somebody is demoted and the king says, we're reversing that, nothing, no one can stop it. So what things has the enemy been doing? The power is in your mouth. 
as a king to reverse because you are seated now as a king you are declaring and decreeing things now it doesn't mean you won't have enemies because you are saved but you are already equipped to deal with enemies. Why did he give you righteousness as a gift? It's part of your weapon. Because, because what nullifies your authority and your strength is, is low self-esteem and what is this? Self-guilt. Yeah, that is the word. What is it called? Self-condemnation. Yes. Self-condemnation. If, if, if you see, when you are flowing in the things and authority of God, if you are walking in low self-esteem and, and self-guilt, you won't reproduce results. You have to move in righteousness. Because all over your conscience is guilt. All over your mind is guilt. Self-pity, looking down upon yourself. You, you must be comfortable in the fact that he called you righteous. And stand in that righteousness. Because it's not your righteousness, it's his righteousness. That is imputed on you. Then you, you, start, then you sit as a king and begin to declare things and begin to stop things and begin to disallow things. This saying that where is their God must stop. The problem is us. First of all, we don't believe that we have been moved from the kingdom of darkness and we're in the kingdom of light. Two, we don't believe that we've got a new nature. nature. The nature of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Three, we don't believe that he has put righteousness, imputed righteousness on us. Four, we don't even believe that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We think we are just mere men walking around. Tell your neighbor, you are not a mere person. You don't you dare look down upon what God has saved and created. You are covering the image of God, the restored image of God inside of you. The likeness of God. And you've got power now to say things and they happen. Yes, life and death is in your tongue. So stop, stop cursing yourself. Stop talking things that are against your salvation. Don't repeat what the devil says. 
Repeat what God says. Don't even repeat what the circumstances, the facts are saying. Jesus is our example of a new nature, of a new resurrection. He never talked the situation. He spoke to the situation. They told him the little, they told him the little girl is dead. He said something, says she's not dead, she's sleeping. He spoke. He said, Lazarus is dead. He says, he's not dead. He's sleeping. Let's go and wake him up. There's a new nature speaking. And this is how he wants us because Jesus is the last Adam. And we are in him. We are walking like the last Adam. This is our This is our priority. prerogative. This is who we are. If the devil says this is over, this is damaged, this is what, tell him it's not. Speak contrary. If they say these bones are so dry and scattered, Speak something. Speak life to the dry bones. Don't define and exaggerate and speak your own mind and your own analysis. When we walk in him, circumstances become untrue. Facts give way. Feelings give way to the reality of a new creature who we are. To the reality of the power of the word of a king in our mouth. Are you listening, church? So stop self-pity. Pity, pity. And let's get in our position. Let's get in our position. Let's get in our position. Let's get. Amen. Let's get in our position. We are the people of God. He didn't die for nothing. Let it not be said, where is their God? Our God is alive. He died, he came out of the grave, and he is alive. He can do things. Are you listening, church? And if a situation is not changing immediately, don't change your confession. Don't change your declarations. Don't change your decrees. Keep on agreeing with heaven. And see what God is going to do at the end of the day. Because sometimes he, sometimes he delays to do a thing because he's doing a thing in you. He's still dealing with some mindsets in you. He's still dealing with the positions of your heart. Oh, 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 oh. He's never late. It's just a process. 
Because he's shifting something. Sometimes it's not you, it's the table he's setting. The angels are still setting the table. The table is not yet ready. So he keeps you walking around the house. And you get tired, you get angry, and you get frustrated. And you come out of the gate and go somewhere. So... But never in this season. I just caught the revelation. I will be patient enough. I will persist enough. I've got to go through what I never I need to go through. But I know he's setting a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Because as you're walking around, they keep on laughing at you. you know, they keep on saying, oh, Kansas, where is this God? But he's preparing a table in the presence of my enemies. Soon and very soon, things will turn around. And I'm going to sit on the table and eat while they are watching. Sometimes it's because you're afraid of your enemies. So it's taking long to sit on the table. Because sometimes around the table there are enemies. Oh yeah, he prepares it in the presence. He puts your blessing among the giants. He makes giants your pathway to greatness. So, if you are afraid, if you are afraid of the giants, you fear to go and sit on that table. Have you ever been in a wedding set up? And you are praying for the ashes not to take you to that table. Because there are people there with pig's eyes. And then the Asha takes you straight there. What are you going to do? You're going to leave that steak alone? Some of us, we are so afraid of the enemies that you're what? Mm -hmm. 
You try to it can't go even. No, no, not in this season. Tell your neighbor, I know who I am. Mm. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He, he did not die for nothing. He died for me. Yes, Jesus died for me. He sat on the throne for me. He made me a priest and a king. Now I need to rule. I need to step into my position. Stop all this low self-esteem. And this extreme pride. Because some of the humble whatever is pride. They are taking that table, you say, ah, no. but, but in your heart, you want there. Take your position. Take your position. Take your position. Our God is not dead, He is alive. I said, He is alive. I said, He is alive. So they will say, where is their God? He's alive. Tell them, just watch what he's going to do. Just keep on watching the space. <laughs> keep on watching this space. Yeah, keep on watching this space. He's going to show up. This is just an interlude in my life. He's going to show up. And he's going to show off when he shows up. He's going to show up. He's going to... Amen. So your salvation is very powerful. Don't look down upon your salvation. We were strangers in relation to Israel. But now, but now, but now, but now, we are the sons and the sons of God. We are part of the commonwealth of the kingdom of God. This is the power of our salvation. I just thought you need to know this as we are stepping into the Easter season. So we're not weaklings that are just moving around with self-pity. No. There's a lion nature inside of us. Because the line of the tribe of Judah will roar from inside very soon. You must stand in your salvation. Christ died for me. 